the Bitterfly Podcast. Knowledge is food, bitches. Eat up. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Bitterfly with me, your host, Emily Autobly. Uh, today, we're talking to a man that I met on the internet, which I feel like in like 2007 was like a really concerning statement, but it's 2021, bitches. It's so normal now. Like, I think we all have internet friends. Um, Randall Love is a hilarious character that I met on TikTok, where I've been meeting everyone these days. And uh, we just started fucking around and liking each other's videos and sending each other shit, realized we both love Hobby Lobby, realized we both have crickets. Like, welcome, Randall Love. Hi. Um, oh, my God, TikTok. Uh, <laughs> well, first, let me start by saying, you guys, this is our first, like, legitimate conversation. I thought it would be yes. kind of interesting to, like, meet someone for real like, and have our first conversation be a recorded podcast episode. Like, I just feel like this is going to be interesting. I don't know why, but I'm really glad. Like, thanks. Thanks for being here. <laughs> yes. It's like, um, oh my God, I'm going to date myself. That TV show next on MTV back in the day. I'm an old man. Um, and like, <laughs> they would all have dates and then you'd be like, and they, they're like blind dates and they sit down and they'd be like, mm, next. <laughs> So it's like, oh my God, we don't know each other, but we know each other. So hi, we're just hi. Gonna sit down. Just don't next me. <laughs> I, I literally can't because we're gonna chat. So uh, and there's nobody else after you. Um. So okay. yeah, Randall Love. We were just chatting on TikTok casually, and then we both realized we're from the Seattle area, which is yes. like super cool and random. <laughs> the way I figured it out was your TikTok, where you're like, I love the graffiti in my city because it's plant based. And I was at work when I was reading that, and I just lost my shit. And I was like, wait a minute. I know this TikToker. This TikToker lives in my head rent-free. Like, this tick, this TikToker, one of her TikToks has become, like, my catchphrase in my salon. <laughs> so then I click on your name, and then I scroll. I do the TikTok scroll, right? And I'm like, oh, could it be? Is it my beach? It's my queen. That's Seattle. What? Because I'll, I'll paint you guys a picture. Emily's in her car. I have, like, literally done this to clients. I don't know how many times. I was in my car the other day, and I picked up this pine cone because my eyebrows were at Boucher. <laughs> it gives me good vibes. I know I fucked that up, but, like. The other day, my eyebrows were looking Boucher, and I didn't have a comb. So I used this little pine cone that I keep in my car for good vibes, and it worked great. Check this out. No, I have literally never said it that way in my entire life. But for some reason that day I was feeling spicy and I had my friend take that video and I was like, my eyebrows were looking bache. So I used this pine cone as a comb and it worked great. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so like I've been in my backyard, um, boomer energy. I, I, I live in a home that I own. Whoa. Full disclosure. We don't I own it. it. Girl, it was so cheap because a man blew his brains out in the dining room. And I am that white guy that was like, oh, I'll move in. <laughs> anyway, I've been on my back porch before and picked up a like a pine cone that's like fucking this big. And I'm like, oh, I'm looking boucher. <laughs> so when I'm on TikTok and I'm like, oh, my God, that's my boucher queen. And full disclosure, when I'm on TikTok, the vape pen is out. I'm on the back porch. I'm zooted as hell. It is my downtime. I mm -hmm. discovered TikTok during the pandemic. 
it is like that is those are my vibes that is my my like leave me alone and um <laughs> so then you're you know you're watching tiktok and you don't you just keep scrolling you just look at other videos you don't make that connection because you're like oh well if it's good they'll show back up again emily you showed back up several times and then i messaged her i was like girl that's my hobby lobby hell yeah fuck so, yeah i love hobby lobby and I, I don't uh, love that i love it but i love it you know i'm from there it's, it started <laughs> in oklahoma city i was born in oh, oklahoma city it's oh, like shit. when i'm feeling homesick and i just want that white trash flavored with like scorn and judgment mm-hmm. i go to hobby lobby literally like hus- <laughs> that video i made like hobby lobby is the most conservative thing about me like i don't know why i love it but i do i keep going back <laughs> i want everything vibe. in hobby lobby <laughs> it's like if there. michael's joann's and pier one had a baby oh my god and then threw a bunch of fucking glitter on it mm-hmm. yeah and then had a bunch of karens i've gotten into a fight with one of the karens at that hobby lobby that works there and she had the haircut and everything oh shit what was this fight about was she trying to like um, cut you in line or some shit oh no no she worked there and i was buying stuff for my cry cut <laughs> and, um because inside i am a 45 year old white woman that crafts yeah. um it's my brand um so i'm going to get this cry cut thing Oh my God, was she the Karen or was I the Karen? <laughs> Emily, I might lose you. Please, please still be my friend. Um, so it had said it was a prize. Okay. And, I, and like, because I'm a millennial, I'm poor, right? So I needed it to be that price. And then so I get up front and she's like, oh, it's this much. And I was like, no, I think, I think it's on sale. And she's like, no, no, I don't, I don't think it is. And I was like, okay, well. I thought it was. By the way, this is pre um, pre Panda Express. We're not living through a Panda Express when this happened. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, "Let me just get a manager." And then this woman was following me around like the second I got in the store. <laughs> and then she's the manager that comes up to the front. No. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, hi, I need this for my card cut. Um, <laughs> online it said it was on sale, but I, I saw that uh, she says it's not. And um, she's like, yeah, well, um, I'm sorry. It's, 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 that's the price. And I'm like, but it's on sale on your website. And she's like, well, the website might say that, but at the store, if it was on sale, it would be marked that way in the aisle. I'm like, sass. okay, queen. <laughs> um, I, I get that you're... You know, you've listened to the same instrumental version of Amazing Grace 47 times today, but calm down. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not trying to fight with her because, like, her microaggressions for my queer ass were, like, flying off the chart. <laughs> <laughs> so I leave. I go out to my car, and I'm like, no, Randall. No, Randall. Don't you know do it. Sale. <laughs> so I pull out my phone, and I look at the thing, and I was like, it is on sale. And then I go inside, and I walk back fiercely to the back of the store where the aisle is and lo and behold in the aisle there it is at the sale price mm. so then I find it and I go up front and I was like it is on sale actually it's marked in the aisle and she's like oh okay she's like I still have to get my manager's approval and I'm like all right <laughs> <laughs> manager comes back up rude as fuck I don't remember what she said because like if I'm gonna read a bitch I black out like you know, I got to preserve the angelic side of me. Yeah. So <laughs> she starts, I'm like, let me have the thing. Um, and then she's like, well, if you didn't have such an attitude. 
Oh. I've said nothing. Like, I've literally, like, how do you shut down a narcissist? You stop talking. You give them no information, right? So yeah. I'm just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she's like, if you didn't have such attitude, and I was like, if you weren't such a bitch. <laughs> Girl, when I tell you, it was as if no queer man had ever said the word bitch in Hobby Lobby before. And when I say bitch, I don't mean beach, bitch, like... No, it's, like, funny. Yeah, I usually I use it yeah. casually as well. Like, if I'm going to, like, go hard, I will use the C word. <laughs> oh, see, now, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that I'm part of the crowd, so I can't use that word. Oh, okay. But in the gay world, bitch is, like, aloha, right? It has many meanings. Yeah. And at this point, when I was telling her, Karen, if you weren't such a bitch, what I'm actually saying is, God, if you weren't such a fucking Chad. <laughs> Sorry, Chad's. <laughs> And and apologies to Chad. But like <laughs> apologies to Chad's. I dated one in high school. Good kisser. Um but so Hobby Lobby, but I still go back. Yeah, no, that's the thing. That. Like I go there and I'm like, I don't know if you gave me the sale price. And they're like, No, I did. And I'm like, sure. And I always leave. Oh my I'm god, you've like, had the same the same interaction. <laughs> I don't fight for it, but yeah, I mean, I've been going there a lot, like, recently, now that I, like, have my cricket, and I love it. Um, but yeah. So, we have Hobby Lobby in common. It sounds like we have very similar experiences there, because I'm just, like, we're just too fucking blue for that store, honestly. Girl, and it's like, they're creating their own little Christian corner, because you got <laughs> Hobby Lobby, and then across the street, you got Chick-fil-A, and, like, mm. let me tell you, Emily... Girl, so you go to Chick-fil-A? Absolutely fucking not. And that's <laughs> the other part that irritates the shit out of my husband. Because he's like, we won't eat at Chick-fil-A, but you'll fucking shop at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> and I'm like, damn right, wear your fucking t-shirt I made you. Anyway, um, <laughs> I love Chick-fil-A. Love, 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 love Chick-fil-A. Again, from Oklahoma, Chick-fil-A, it's my shit. I can't eat it because they hate me. Yeah, no, I, every time I go, which is not often, I, you know, I'm looking at the styrofoam cup they gave me and I'm like, why the fuck do I, I, I can't come here again. This it's is, because it's, it's not good for me. It's, it's not good for you. It's not good for the environment. I need to not support this shit. Like any place that's closed on Sunday it should not be a place that I go to, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Like I've, I've tried to make a TikTok about it. Try to make a TikTok about Hobby Lobby, but I had been visiting the Lord's Burning Bush too much. So. Oh, no, you what? tagged me in it, remember? So I posted that video where I was like, this is a fuck you to Hobby Lobby to being closed on Sundays. Craft stop for no one. Crafting stops for no day. And you like stitched it, but then you just oh. like. <laughs> Girl, I had this whole monologue in my head about like vibing with Hobby Lobby. Pretty much like what I've kind of said here about like my experience with it, my husband. But so I'm like talking to the Lord and, you know, having my back porch time and trying to stitch with Emily. And I'm like. <laughs> You don't know how many times I've, Drift. and I was trying to You were to like, say, I drift to the, <laughs> I was trying to say driven. And I'm like, drift? Dream? <laughs> Dream. Weed. And I just turned the video off because like, I was like, Randall, there's no sense coming now. Like, I can't yeah. make TikToks past a certain amount of time I've communed with the burning bush. But um, before we get too deep into this, can you share with the people listening what your TikTok handle is and where they can find you? You can find me on TikTok at Rodell with three L's. That's R-A-W-D-E-L-L-L. 
Perfect. Yeah, no, you I'm guys, going... this guy is starting his <laughs> ASMR career. He has a little tiny microphone that he whispers in. Oh, here it is. If you're watching on YouTube, he's holding it right now. Oh, it's so it's adorable. Not... Oh, my God. And you guys, I haven't introduced. Oh, exclusive. Exclusive for Emily's people on the <laughs> 280s of the people that follow me. I have tiny hands coming that I put my favorite shade of nail polish on to hold. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm done. That's so funny. Like the fingers that go on, or the the tiny hands that go on one finger kind of vibe. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be so funny. Yeah. Somebody gave them to my husband in a in a care basket, and I <laughs> I stole that. Okay, you guys, I stole things from my husband's <laughs> care basket. A man fighting stage four cancer, and I was like, I'm taking these tiny hands. Um, he's doing great. He's technically okay. in remission. That's awesome. Things are good. I don't need the giant phone anymore like we were talking about before we started filming. Oh, yeah. You guys, uh, Randall got a giant phone for porn viewing. It's technically for TikToks, but that thing is a fucking tablet. Wow. It's so cool how it folds in half, too. That's what she said. Um, I love it. (laughs) Um, Um, It's my favorite phone ever. Uh, Also, cry cut. Emily, I have to ask you. It's a very serious question. Is, are you saying it wrong or am I saying it wrong? I thought it was called a, the, girl. a cricket. I said I said cricket all the time, but one of my um, fabulous clients in the salon was like, oh, sweetie, baby, it's called a cry cut. What? And I'm like, mm, eh, I mean, you say Randall, I say Randell, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> cry cut, cricket, whatever. Yeah. Um, so have you seen the girl on TikTok that she she doesn't shoplift. She brings things in to like home goods, hobby lobby. Uh yes. You sent me a video of her. She like sneaks shit into home goods and like yes. acts like I forgot that one artist, but he makes like the white like Oh no, Ray Dunn. It's the Ray, Ray Dunn, Dunn woman. Ray Dunn, so, yes. So Emily, um when are we doing this? <laughs> Well, I guess what should we make first? Because I've actually, that's an interesting point. I've seen so many people on TikTok who buy like leggings from like Walmart and then they put the Calvin Klein logo on the leg or they buy just like a black t-shirt and they put the Nike swoosh on it. Like I love this. This pe- These people are knocking off famous brands to like put their kids in or, or to sell or it's like I could go to like Buffalo Exchange and act like you know I this brand new like Nike shirt the only thing is the tag I don't know how they're doing that but yeah so I guess what should we make and then should we sneak it into Hobby Lobby and just like fuck with them absolutely like I want <laughs> I'm like I want a beautiful container that says for butt stuff like <laughs> weed stash container grandma's ashes are perfect my husband's tumors like Mm, okay and i use i use my cry cut to um put branding on my salon merchandise because oh yeah um, so i I have one i was trying to make um bitterfly apparel and i've been like making and selling just a bunch of like custom shit because i didn't want to do like if you were going to order a batch of sweatshirts, you know what I mean? There's like a minimum order quantity of like 24 sweatshirts that ends up being like yeah. $700. And then they're all, you know, same style, same color. I was like, you know what? No, I want to do more custom work than that. And this way I can like control the quality and like, yeah. you know. So yeah, let me I know put, if you want Bitterfly swag. 
Yes, I'll make you some. Um, I'm not revealing my salon on here because I'm. I don't want my TikTok followers to find me in real life because um, <laughs> my 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 Pacific Northwest clientele are already pissed that they can't get appointments. So oh, like, yeah. if I get it, when I go viral and I'm you know so famous with my 287 <laughs> followers. Anyway, yeah, I have like I bought my my cricket for all of my salon merchandise, and I put people's pronouns on the t-shirts. Oh, that's I can cute. Personalize it. I got the cricket joy, the little bitty one. Oh yeah, yeah. I have the I air think- too, or the no, the explore air, or whatever. Oh, I'm a professional middle-aged woman. I have the Maker 3 at home and the Joy at work. So I'm uh, serious about my branding. Yeah. Um, But no, we totally got to hit up like Hobby Lobby. And hello, Emily, they just opened up Home Goods next, like almost next door. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yo, you know that place in between Hobby Lobby and Home Goods? It's like the Hong Kong dim sum place. It's fucking yes. amazing. I love that oh. place. It's so delicious. I, everything and when you walk by there everything just smells good yeah literally like, i mean they I have, have they, st- there's a roasted duck in the window like literally every day i'm like ooh, that looks good you gotta name the roasted duck every time you walk past though i will start doing that sorry I to like my to vegan friends <laughs> oh my um, God. you guys so today randall and i as a getting to know you like situation um in like 1995 I forgot who it was I think it was like a relationship counselor put together a list of 60 questions that are like guaranteed to bring you closer so they start like they start vague and then like you know 30 in it gets like a little bit deeper and then like the last yeah so um my god the last little bit is like deep if you wouldn't have gotten ticked off kicked off of tinder this could be our tinder date (laughs) I mean, it practically is my, I was just saying in my last episode, since I got banned off Tinder for literally no reason at all, but it's kind of like a toxic relationship of mine and I'm not really fighting super hard to get it back. Like the podcast is now my like dating app thing. Like if you guys want me, I'm here, hit me up, hit up your girl. Yes. (laughs) Slip into her DMs, take her out. She take her to Chick-fil-A. That way she doesn't have to buy it. Okay, so question number one. I'll go first. We can, like, take turns. How about, like, okay. you're looking at the list too, right? Yep, I got it pulled up. Okay, so, Randall, when yes. was the last time you sang to anyone besides yourself? Last night at dinner, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were here, and my brother-in-law made chicken parm, and um, I sang about it at the dinner table in front of my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my daughter, my husband. <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. <laughs> All right, let me find one for you. Okay. Start basic. Yes. Oh, uh, what is the most precious thing in your life, Emily? Oh my god. Um, good question. My dog. I oh. have a mini golden retriever. She's actually like laying at my feet right now, named Luna. Here, let me. Oh let me God, show. Luna, yes. Let me show you. Come here, Boo Come on. Can you come up here? <laughs> oh, Luna, you are the best girl. You've never seen a day in your Luna, life. Luna, my little angel. Oh my God, sweet angel girl, baby love. Yes. <laughs> she looks a lot bigger in video and pictures, but she's only like 30, like two pounds or something. And I got her on Craigslist for fucking free when I was a senior in college. 
I like was just over men. I was like, I'm tired of my heart being broken. I want a dog. She will never break my heart. And also, unlike children, she'll never grow up to tell me like what I'm doing wrong in my life. Um, so I adore her. I like she's literally perfect. When I was a little girl, I was like, I want a golden retriever, but they're a little too big. I want a mini golden retriever. And I have no idea like what this like brand of dog is. She is like a mutt. Her DNA test said yellow lab chow chow and um unidentifiable hound and terrier or something um no her dna test said that she's 100 that bitch she is like, that bitch for me i adore her she's the most precious thing in my life like literally in the mornings i'm like oh my god it's christmas because i got this like little soft thing that comes and loves on me so yeah what's the she most she doesn't go ahead sorry what's the most precious thing in your life Oh my god, it's like a Hunger Games battle between my husband and my daughter. <laughs> but like, I've told my husband in front of my daughter, like if I had to pick, I'm always going to pick my daughter. Aww. But um, <laughs> recently, she's been really judgy. I was on my deck having my TikTok time eating Azelle's fried chicken. Delish. Uh, not sponsored, but if you want to send Emily and I some Azelle's. <laughs> Price be. Um, can he do it? Yes. So my daughter comes out on the porch, and for you guys watching on YouTube, she um, holds one finger up and comes out the neck. She goes, um, Dada, first of all. <laughs> and I'm like this. First of all, I just saw you use your shirt as a napkin, and there is literally a napkin right inside the door. This is me. Did you need something? <laughs> She's like, yeah. Can I have some fresh water? I was like, go back in the house. And then I just sit there to myself like, <laughs> I was roasted by an eight-year-old who caught me using my t-shirt as a napkin. So yeah, she, um, most cherished object, yes. But um, sometimes... Uh, Sometimes not. And then my husband just beat cancer. So, like, he's literally, like, you can't get mad at your husband after he beats cancer, right? No. Like, No, you can't. So, he's about to be insufferable. And, like, the show's <laughs> already been about him for, like, the last month, like, nine months. What about Randall? <laughs> Fucking cancer. Yeah, so my daughter and my husband are my most They're tied. Friends. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The second would be my penis, said every man. No, <laughs> okay, let me get back to these I kind of feel that way, yeah, about my boobs. Like, they are pretty fucking precious. Nowhere near as precious as my dog. But, yeah, you know. Right? You got to love your body. You got to yeah. love your body. Yeah. I love mine. That's why I am laying on my porch every time <laughs> on TikTok. I accidentally clicked the wrong button and I'm on a screen that says a leader in the 2020 Gartner magic quadrant for meeting solutions. <laughs> okay. Question. Your turn. Yeah. What's up? I'm scrolling. Hopefully you don't have to edit out a lot of vocal fry. <laughs> oh, I love this one. Do you care about Valentine's day, Emily? Oh, good cue. Um, no. So I 
I'm single right now, though I feel like every day should be Valentine's Day in terms of, like, spirit. Like, you should fucking love me and, like, be willing to do nice things for me every day. Every day. Like, if Valentine's Day is, like, the the only time you're, like, receiving, you know, like, in your relationship, the love and care that you feel you need, like, that's really sad. I also, I also detest, like, Hallmark just in general. I don't like what they've done with Mother's Day, Father's Day. I, I'm not really into Valentine's Day. I would say the holidays that I give a fuck about are people's birthdays, because everyone should yes. be celebrated, like, at least once a year, and then, like, Christmas, um, I think that's it, because I don't really like fireworks, so you just kind of, like, Valentine's Day, I feel like, goes in with, like, Fourth of July, and, like, just a bunch of, you know, the parents' days. I mean, do you disagree, because you're, like, a father? Do you, like, enjoy Father's Day? Do you, so I manage. Do you feel like I, you just, should like get something for it? Because like your daughter didn't ask to be here. Do you know what I'm saying? So like exactly. Yeah. Like um, I managed a greeting card store for four years, <laughs> <laughs> and it made me fucking hate holidays. Oh yeah, no, it's and cards are just super weird in general. It's like why do why would you waste? Yeah, my last boyfriend and I had a conversation around Christmas time. He was like, we we're talking about like, do I need to wrap the gift? Are you are you into that? Do I need to get you a card? And I was like, God, no, don't fucking waste money on a card. I'm gonna like read and then throw away. And don't fucking wrap it. Like, I'm just gonna rip it up and throw it away. Like, just give it to me. Exactly. Well, and it's like you get once you know each other's love language. If somebody knows that about you, sorry, I'm going to go into my whole. I've been married for 15 years. Uh, Once you know somebody's love language, like Emily, if I know, like, okay, Emily's going to appreciate me handing her this gift. She's not going to enjoy. Like, she's not. That's not her love language. She doesn't want me to spend twenty dollars on this handmade card covered with Swarovski crystals. So don't do that for her, right? Don't fucking like, do no, that. Girl. Don't even put a made... bow on it. I'll throw it away. Like I'm going to be like, Emily, I made you this fanny pack for your birthday. It says Boucher. You have to wear it <laughs> on your bootay. Like, but my husband is one of those love language people where like. Oh, okay. So like, I, I think it depends on the thing. But like, when terms of Valentine's Day, it's a shitty fucking stupid holiday. Just mm-hmm. like all the other ones. Yeah. But... My dad was like this hardcore shit kicking country guy from the Midwest, right? Uh, military reservist, did bull riding, um, professional like gunfighter, like a man's man. After my mom passed away, whenever I was a little boy, my dad would carry on her tradition of sending me yellow roses to school on Valentine's Day. It was the Aww. only way that he felt that he could tell me that he loved me because of how he was raised. Yeah. Has nothing to do with Valentine's Day. But everything to do with, like, this thing that my dad did for me. Yeah. So, to this day, my husband, friends, various people who knew my dad. My dad was, girl, he could have his own podcast. Wild Bill riding the fucking tornadoes. Um, <laughs> but, like, they still get me flowers on Valentine's Day. Yellow flowers in support Aww, of my dad. that's so sweet. So, that's why I asked you that question about Valentine's Day. Because it's, like, not necessarily about Valentine's Day. But, mm-hmm. like, the commercial aspect of holidays is why people like places like fucking Hobby Lobby thrive. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I say celebrate birthdays. Mm-hmm. Um, my birthday's weird. I don't like to celebrate my birthday. But girl, that's the topic for another day. Mm-hmm. We'll have a whole episode about PTSD. <laughs> um, but like, I like birthdays. I like anniversaries, like personal holidays that you would have with your 
chosen family, friend, whatever. Yeah. Those holidays are the important ones, not one that every TV hypes something up or podcast or fucking TikTok and their goddamn ads. Like, bitch, I know I'm what I'm going to get somebody for Christmas. Don't try to <laughs> shove it into my brain. Like, <laughs> fucking yeah. holidays. Yeah, I'm I'm particularly sensitive, I feel like, to, like, Valentine's Day is fine. I get that it gives people, like, an okay go, you know, like, love the people in your life. Like, if you don't feel comfortable doing that out of the blue for no reason, like, okay, fine. Like, here's a day to do it, I guess. But, yeah, for me, it's, like, um, holidays like that, especially, like, with the, the takeoff of social media, Mother's Father's Day you and Valentine's Day. To those three specifically, if somebody is like on the fringe and like say they don't have a romantic partner or say they don't have a good relationship with their mom or their dad or maybe they lost their parents or maybe they like chose not to be a mother or a father for whatever reason, mm -hmm. I feel like those holidays really like leave people out like if they don't have like a typical like life. And it just, especially with social media, I was going to say, it's like those holidays remind you of what you don't have. You know, it's exactly. like people are posting fucking like super long lovey-dovey posts to their partner who doesn't even have an Instagram, but it's like for other people to see or like their mom exactly. doesn't have a Facebook, but they post this very long thing to her because they want other people to know how they feel about their mom instead of just telling their mom how they feel. And it's, yeah, I kind of just, like, um, I feel like it's, like, salt in the wound for a lot of people. And so, yeah, the commercialization of holidays plus social media, like, I just stay off the internet on those days because, like, I don't have a super great relationship with my parents. And so I'm, like, I don't need to be reminded of what I've, like, decided not to have, you know? And, yeah. I hate Mother's Day for two different reasons. But, like, I lost my mom when I was young, so, and I blocked out my memories of her. So, like, I never really had a mom. Hmm. And now I hate mother um hate Mother's Day because <laughs> since having our daughter, people will wish me a happy Mother's Day. What? And not my husband because he's more like cis passing and butch. Okay. And I'm like That's super weird. So how does that make you feel? Like are you like, like you're offended by like, it? Yes, like it's coming to a tiny mic on my TikTok near you. Um <laughs> Because what you're saying is, is that I'm too effeminate to be a father. I don't like that. Yeah. And it's like, and then it's just like, it reminds me, oh yeah, Randall. Yeah. There's a huge likelihood that you're infertile due to decisions that your birth mother made in utero. So like my husband is my daughter's biological father. We oh. both celebrate Father's Day. You should. We're both fathers. And yeah. then now people ask my daughter what are you going to do for Mother's Day? And then she's in a weird place because she's eight. And she's like, well, I don't have a mom. And then kids It's exactly, questions. it's reminding her of like what she doesn't have. And that's the thing exactly. about these holidays. It, it like forces people to be like living that stereotypical life that we've been like brainwashed to think we need, you know, the nuclear family, the mom, the dad, the two and a half kids. And it's like, Alternative families, ugh, yeah, I hate the way they get left out of things, so uh, fuck it's everyone. Huge, <laughs> it's a huge loss of equity and, like, being a queer parrot of a yeah. kiddo in public school. I'm just like, someday I'll be represented. Um, <laughs> but then also being a kid raised by a single dad whose mom had died. Like, yeah. people would, like, say weird things, and I'm just like, fuck, can we just take all these holidays and, like, 
it's it's so commercial. Thank you, Hobby Lobby. We come back to Hobby Lobby and TikTok. Everything is about commercialism. Holidays. And money and holidays. And money. Yeah. yeah. Girl, it reminds like, me of your TikTok. No. Um, you posted a while ago in your ASMR tiny mic. You were like, don't ask me how I fucking had my kid. Like, I don't come up to you. I don't come up to you and say, when did you get jizzed in? Like, (laughs) Exactly. When did you get jizzed in? And who's the father, Nancy, we need to know. So it's like weird that people think they can just approach you and ask that. You know what I mean? It's just. It's a double standard with queer people that if you're open about your sexuality, they assume you're open about everything. Yeah. And it's like, no, baby. I'm I'm the funny thing is is I'm that personality that I'm open about everything because it's a self-defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Same here. That's that's actually wow, is that like a trauma response? Gotta be, because I'm like super oh my God, open PTSD. about I'm super open about so much, but there are certain things, like really basic things that like if someone's like getting to know me, like if we're dating, they're like, that's weird. You don't want to talk about that. And I'm like, no. I have friends to this day. <laughs> That'll be like, um, do you what? Can you talk about your birth mother? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> my my own daughter knows that if she has questions about Dada's birth mother, to ask Papa and never to bring it up to Dada. To like you. my own yeah. my own child. But when you're so open about everything else and you got that huber attached to it and you're good at grabbing attention, honey, us trauma survivors have used that to deflect and, to, and get you to go somewhere else forever. So don't ask Emily about her topics. Yeah, no, it is it is very odd. Um, like laughing is definitely a coping mechanism of mine. Like I have one specific memory. Um one of my grandpas, the one I was closest to, meant so much to me. He had, like, I was in high school, and he died over the weekend. And I was, you know, in chemistry class on the Monday, and someone was like, you know, how was your weekend? And I was like, oh, like, my grandpa died, like, nervous laughter following. And I remember my friend being like, oh, my God, are you okay? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I'm absolutely not okay at all. But, like, I'm laughing because I'm so uncomfortable, like, with these emotions. Please don't ask me anymore, you know, like. And I just remember him being, like, so weirded out by my response. And I think that's one of my first conscious memories where I was like, okay, so that's something unusual about me in terms of how I deal with things. Like, that's not what you would expect at all. The dark humor is how you get through. It's funny. I love that you have these questions because, like, it just opens up conversation. Um, The day that my husband came home finding out that there was no living cancer in his body and that chemo had worked, I was standing at the end of the driveway in tears because while he was finding out this good news, I got a call from our vet that my cat was in kidney failure. Oh, no. So I had so I had to tell my husband, go inside, tell my daughter. He had only been acting weird for like a day, day and a half, two days. Yeah. Like it was like day two when I called the vet and got him in that day. And they said that this can happen after a certain age and he was 13 and like he had gone into kidney failure and like the only symptoms that he really had was he was acting more lazy than normal yeah because he's a lazy fuck um (laughs) but he was an organ failure and then so we had to put him down and then the next day i'm at work and my client like 
I'd already been on medical leave for my husband's surgery. I had to go back to work. I have these clients, you know, I love them. They're my everything. Like they, my clients and my friends and my like chosen family have got me through like living through this panini and my husband's cancer diagnosis. So like my first client's like, what, how, what, how was your weekend? I was like, great. My husband's cancer free and my cat's dead. <laughs> yeah. And she, and I laugh and she's so uncomfortable. And I'm like, sorry and she's like are you okay and I'm like no no absolutely not <laughs> but I'll process this later by myself when I can cry on my back porch alone that's that's the other thing I think about people like us that deal with things unusually and and like we're like laughing about something that's like absolutely horrible is it like takes me a really long time to like sit with my feelings and like and like have it actually affect me and I did that in college too where like um say I had like a really big test to study for it's finals or something like I would grind you know I'd like do the whole thing and then after the test when most people are like woo, like let it all go like that's when like the traumatic stress would hit me and I would need like days after that to kind of like decompress like from all of that preparation and and, like the stress and the worry. I think a lot of people like feel that beforehand. They're like, what if I don't do well, blah, blah, blah. And then when it's over, it's done. But for me, like when it's over, it's not done for like a while. No, No. it's so, and, but you tell everybody it's over and then you diverge (laughs) and divulge with your too much information about other things. Yeah, totally. So next Next question. Sorry. What does friendship mean to you? You've mentioned a few times that like your chosen family and your friends carrying on like Valentine's Day traditions of your dad. And I feel like someone who uses the phrase chosen family has like a traumatic past and like, like recognizes like the true value of like what friendship is because they don't have that built in supportive family. Um, I don't have family. I saw this tweet, sorry to cut you off, but there was this tweet somebody sent me that like resonated so hard with me. Maybe it'll resonate with you. But this person was like, you go to your family for emotional support. They make you feel better. What? Exactly. Like does not compute. (laughs) The only person that I had that was that way. Now, let me preface this by saying I was adopted at birth by my mom and dad and they were every parent has their faults but they were amazing parents I would not be here without the strength of my dad telling me from a very young age to always be myself and not care what other people thought um when I lost my dad I was devastated um I've always had abandonment issues being raised knowing that I was abandoned at birth Um, My birth mother came back into my life several times throughout my childhood. It was horrible. And I ended up at 18. I was like, we're done with this. And um, I had friends. Like, I didn't have family that I could go to, which is insane because my father came from a blended family. Um, His parents had gotten divorced. They remarried. My dad was the oldest of 14 kids. Holy shit. My mom was in the middle of five. And when my mom died, that her entire family stopped speaking to my dad because they never liked him. Oh. And when I came out, and I never came out, we were on the way to town in the pickup truck, and I, I just started crying because I cry all the time, or I used to before I developed all my trauma responses to cover it up. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so I'm like crying and my dad's like what's wrong with you and I was like I don't know dad I just, I just feel different and he's like and he used the word queer before we took it back but let me tell you my dad was born in 1931 he meant no disrespect so he's like well son people treat you different because you're queer <laughs> and I'm like dad don't say queer say gay <laughs> and he's like treat you, people treat you that way because you're queer and then I look at him and I'm like are you gonna throw me out of the house now oh and he goes why in the hell would I do that to you your mama told me you were queer when you were eight I've been trying to tell you this whole time and I'm like how did you know I was gay and he's like look at you <laughs> I had pink hair and black nail polish sitting on me. And he's like wearing a floral silk bell-sleeved disco shirt from the 70s that he got me at Goodwill. Like I was a freak in high school. Aww. Still am. But like this was this man yeah. that like was my everything. Comes from a world where like we do not compute. This man was my best friend. No. Like I love my father unconditionally. And then after I came out slash he told me he was gay, all of his siblings, except for a few, disowned him. But because he had a gay son? Yes, that he didn't have a problem with. Wow. So, and my family uses this time to uh, disown me for being gay, right? Yeah. Emily, I was already disowned at birth. I had an in-family adoption. They did not. But I had aunts and uncles that would say in earshot, Rita Joe, that I roasted in another TikTok, <laughs> say, it was never Bill and Stella's responsibility to take care of Janet's mistake. Wait, can I ask about that? I'm confused. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so when you say an in-family adoption, you mean that like one sister adopted another? Like So my birth, my birth mother biologically speaking <laughs> was okay. my parents daughter my parents biologically were my grandparents oh okay i did not know this what the fuck randall that is like some fucking maury like girl i'm telling you we could have a whole series about my fucked up past life that is like a it. jerry springer episode bro like okay yeah so my mom and my dad, she was an addict. I was addicted to a lot of substances. I was born very premature. Like she tried to kill me. Like she's a great person. She's still alive, by the way. Um, oh my God. Girl, I'm telling you, dark humor. I got it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they did not tell me that she was my birth mother. I thought she was like my aunt that had disappeared years ago. Oh my God, Emily. This story is so crazy. And it will have to come back for another podcast to talk about the white trash of it all because I found my birth father on 23andMe from my same hometown. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, girl. My birth mother, I need to write a novel about her. She's insane. And that's why, like, my biggest fear in life is I, I never want anybody to compare me to her because she's batshit crazy. Yeah. But so my extended family, for good reasons, didn't want anything to do with her but in turn didn't want anything to do with me. That's not really fair. And then when I come out, use, an, use it as an excuse with their Sunday school Christianity that they only seem to be Christians. Wait, Sunday. what year did you come out in to your dad? And, and I guess your family indirectly. 1999. 
Oh shit! I, I don't know why I was I was expecting this to be like longer ago. In the because at the end of the nineties is when you came out to your family and they disowned you. Because it sounds like it's from like the fucking fifties. Yeah, right? like, literally. Like okay, I'm telling you. My hometown that I'm from in Oklahoma is like a fucking time capsule of like conservative 50s America, minus the racism. <laughs> well, I mean, that's something, but like. Right? Yeah. Like, but so they, so they disowned my dad and I. So then it was just my dad and I. And then I had friends, which is funny because whenever we started recording, we talked about meeting during the pandemic online. My husband I met online. <laughs> Hell yeah. So many people meet online. I like how My commonplace best. it is now, you know? Yeah. Well, this was back in the day of livejournal.com. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I'm old. Um, and then so I was also had this group of friends from various parts of the United States from fandom. And my best friend, Karen, I met online, and my best friend is the birth mother of my child. So all these relationships That's so I fostered. Cool. I fostered online because I lived in a place where I was not going to find my community. Yeah. So all these people would in turn end up being my chosen family. And then my husband and I moved to Seattle. I meet my friends, his, his, um, brother. I mean, it's his chosen brother that I say my brother-in-law cause Adam's parents pretty much raised John and Jess too. But, uh, <laughs> so like their chosen family. And I have this group of people that have just, been there for me and like that is your friend whenever they're we all have that those family members and those friends that like will stand with you in the shit mm -hmm. and then you have the friends that haven't talked to me for the last nine months since I revealed that my husband had colon cancer That's, so yeah. yeah fair weather friends are are not where it's at um yeah yeah. <laughs> so chosen family is like, if you choose to make somebody part of your family, tell them your dirt, tell them the mud that you stood that you stood in. And they're still willing when they've seen the darkest sides of you and what you're afraid of becoming and they're still okay with you and love you unconditionally. That's your family. Mm -hmm. So I tell people all the time, I'm like, if we become friends, you're going to be part of my family. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, that's how I operate. Like, mm -hmm. so now I gotta find another question for you. <laughs> okay. Oh, Emily. What? What do you consider a bad habit of yours? Mm. Ooh, toughy. Well, I used to smoke tobacco. Uh, I don't. Same. <laughs> I don't anymore. I'm actually gonna be celebrating my one year without it. Um, woo next yes, June. Congratulations. So thank you. It was such a bitch. I yeah. was such a bitch for like three months, like when I quit. Um, so now, mm, worst habit, I bite my nails. Oh, oh, your nails look like shit too. Yeah, no, yes. I when I go to the salon, they're like, I always go for a pedicure because, like, I no, what? No problem. I can't get my foot in my mouth, even if I tried. But uh, oh, honey, they'll, <laughs> they'll be like, "Do you want a manicure?" And I'm like, "Okay." And I show them my nails, and they laugh. They'll literally be like, <laughs> "What do you want us to paint?" And I'm like, "Yeah, just, just don't even fucking talk to me." Like I've been doing this since I like as long as I can remember. I'll be watching TV. All of a sudden, like my hands in my mouth. Yep. My um, husband will be like, "Stop it!" If stop I'm nervous, picking. if stop. I'm 
it's like a fidget thing. It's like, uh, and I pick my hangnails too. Like I'm just, my, yep. my nails are the worst. And it's funny because I started working uh, with my, my boss. Uh, sometimes she'll like, well, she's a manicurist and she has like a beauty company, right? So she like, yeah. she, she looks at nails and I yeah. don't look at nails. Like I didn't notice that your nails look like that. I, I don't look at people's hands, but um, the first day I met her, I was like, yeah, I bite my nails. And she was like, I noticed. And I was like, <gasps> okay. See, it's shit like that prior. No, but prior I, to- I need to be shamed. Like I need people to call me out and be like, stop doing that. Cause like, yeah, I need to, I'm 27 years old. Why do I still buy my nails? Emily, it's a nervous because thing. it is a it is an autonomous body response to repressed <laughs> trauma. Also, um, it's like an oral fixation, and I noticed that when I stopped smoking, and I wasn't like doing as much like with my hands and my mouth needed. and whatever, I I started like doing it so much more, and so fuck. I, I try to my... I try to paint them. It doesn't work. I will still bite them. You try to what? I, I um so I before we were living in a prolapsed anus, I used to get my nails done <laughs> all the time. I had acrylics because it kept me from biting my nails. But oh, that's more importantly, smart. it kept me from pulling out my facial hair. You pull out your facial hair? <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Um like oh when you God, get nervous, you just start pulling at it. Bitch, I got a fucking bald spot. You see that shit? Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you, masking. Um, yeah, whenever I like, I'll fill in my beard with pencil and stuff. Um, I want to be more masculine, but um, no. People would when I started doing hair, they're like, "Oh my god, your hands!" Because my nails are always discolored from hair color. Yeah. And then because I'm asking a stupid question, I'll give you a stupid answer. One time a client was like, "Oh my god, why do your nails look like that?" And I was like, "Because I was making meth, Janice." <laughs> It's just like, really? And I'm like, no, it's hair color. Does this look like a meth body? This is a chicken nugget body. <laughs> okay, I've got a good question for you. Okay. It's about friends again. What do okay. your close friends need to know about you? I do not give a fuck what people think about me. So if somebody tells you a blah, 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 Randall, it's none of my business. I don't fucking care. <laughs> so, wait, what does that mean? You're not open to feedback or, like, criticism or, or like... Um, it depends on what it is. Like, I will have people comment, but my entire life people have been like, oh, my God, you need to be more professional. And I'm like, what you're saying is to be less flamboyant. Shut up, Janice. <laughs> so, like, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about the way I look, the way I talk, how I dress, anything like that. I am the person that my dad, like, raised me to not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But if you say, if you, like, go after my emotional state of the my fears, I will just mm. crumble and care so much. So, like, don't tell me because I'll care too much or don't tell me because I don't care. But, like, if I'm legitimately doing something wrong or I say something that needs to be called out, I want people to do that. Like, I want to continue to change and grow as a person. Yeah. But if it's, like... If it's something more petty, like if I was like, Randall, yeah. we're in a place where you need to tone it down. I'll like- be like, bitch, I'm going to turn it up. Don't <laughs> fuck with me. You see those monolobonics on that shelf? Don't invite me to your wedding and be like, Randall, it's more conservative because I will come in drag. <laughs> 
So something that my friends, my close friends, like, need to know about me, or, or maybe not need to, but they all just know, is that I don't do loud noises. <gasps> Emily, oh my god, I love this about you. I don't either. <laughs> I hate them. Like, I hate like fireworks. Loud music in the car is one thing, because, like, I know we're turning it up, but, like, large crowds fireworks yep. random yep. banging like i i even get upset at myself say i'm like working i have like a metal bowl on the kitchen counter and i accidentally drop it like that kind of like banging it goes back to trauma i just i don't like it PTSD. and dog barking is the other thing that people know about me that i don't like even though i have a dog and i love dogs i don't want to hear them i don't do dog barking there's this dog that lives next door to me that wakes me up every morning and i wish i could just text him and tell him to shut the fuck up because i don't do it it's stressful it like makes my heart rate go up and i'm just like can we just <laughs> emily we have a fucking woodpecker <laughs> outside of my house oh my and then god there's this other bird i'm not a bird person no i'm not i'm not a boomer <laughs> i'm not my crazy bird watching neighbor all the way down the street that voted for trump i see you but there's this other bird i don't know what kind of bird it is every morning 4 a.m i swear to god the loud i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it because i don't want to hurt you <laughs> that loud noise. but i swear to god in bird it's just screaming fuck me Fuck me. Fuck me. Fuck me. Please fuck me. 4 a.m. That's a lot. It is springtime. I want to kill that fucking bird. They're mating. They're out. Everybody's down to clown. Yeah. I'm like, I get it, bird. Like, you're horny. Oh, girl. Dark humor. I made a TikTok once, and it was like, tell me you're not getting any without telling me you're not getting any. And I was like, my husband has stage four colon cancer. I do believe it's one of my most watched TikToks. <laughs> it is your turn to ask me a question. Okay. Oh my God. See, I love this because it's just like two friends hanging out. We lo totally lose focus. Yeah. Do you believe in karma? Yes, 100%, actually. Um, I just did an Instagram story about this last week. So I've been reading a lot of books in the last year about past life regression therapy. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So like when you have like a, a psychotherapist do, they like put you in a hypnotic trance and they help you uncover your past lives. Um, there's this author I love. He put, I think he, he uh, made his first book available in like 2000 of his work that he's done with patients. And he had this one particular really successful uh, client who ended up being like a medium of like oh. transcendental spirits or whatever. And he helped her uncover 80 different lifetimes that she had lived. Holy shit, girl, old as hell. Super interesting, yeah, because initially she came to him, she had like fear of drowning and fear of like uh, small spaces, she was claustrophobic, and basically, like, nothing in her current life could really explain why she had those... Those fears. Strange fears. Yeah, so he's like, okay, and your mom just died, so you're in a deep depression. Let's, like, look into your past lives to see if we can find your mom, because souls travel in packs, and so... They travel together, yeah. Your, your mom in this life, in another life, could have been, you know, your sister, your neighbor, your son, your grandmother, like, who knows? So, like, as a way of, like, grief and, and getting through that kind of, like, mourning process, he helped her find her mom in past lives. And anyways, 
He's written a bunch of books. I'm reading this one right now um, called Same Soul, Many Bodies by Brian Weiss mm. about how he doesn't regress people backward. He actually progresses them forward and helps yes. them helps them envision their future. And so to bring this back to why I believe in karma, uh, one particular theme that he finds in these patients that he's regressing and progressing is um, if you were a hurtful person in one of your past lives... Um, what they see is that you will eventually be on the receiving end of that pain as a terms of like soul growth and healing. Um, and so it's, it's literal karma, right? Like, and it's not only perpetuated in this life. I think a lot of times people think of karma as like, oh, you did something bad. So, you know, in like a year or less, something bad's no, going to no, happen no, no, to no. you, but it's literally like a, a reincarnation type of karmic evolution that will happen and so yeah just like reaching enlightenment would be you know being a good person being kind and understanding and like stopping that um the cycle the cycle cycle of trauma yeah exactly and causing pain to others and it's just interesting to me that like the trauma of like violence you commit in one life is like not only perpetuated through this life but future lives on and on and on emily i have another question for you then what the fuck did we do <laughs> to deserve like, this? My thirty-eight-year-old ass is like, "Haven't I suffered enough?" <laughs> like, I don't know. Stop. I'm getting ready oh. to like. I really would love to do like some regression therapy and and try to like figure out why why this. Yeah, like understand like why am I where I'm at? Um, Cause like, uh, this is just like getting real deep. We can have another conversation about birth parents and stuff, but my mom was adopted as well. And I'm going to do a whole episode on this cause it's really interesting, but she basically found her birth mom in her thirties and found out that she was a product of trigger warning. Everyone listening, turn this off, sexual assault. If you don't, um, she was a victim of rape. My mom. Which is so, it, and it's like I was an egg inside that fetus inside my bio grandma. So, like, I do wonder, like, if that has something to do with. I feel like I have like a lot of like um, unexplainable like fears, yeah. and that's something I like want to look into deeper. We totally have to talk in the future about <laughs> parents and stuff because I have so many stories. Like, like I said, I could write a novel about my birth mother, and it's funny because if you if you add all of the time that I've spent with this woman together, it amounts to nothing. Yeah. But But she's affected. But she's been so so influential. I think that that bitch has been tormenting me for centuries. That's all (laughs) I'm going to say. So like, that's why I picked that question about karma because like she hasn't gotten hers yet, but like she will. Yeah. But no, I'm super into like the whole, like, when we die, where does our energy go? Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, may, and maybe we're resting for a while before we choose to enter another vessel. And what knowledge are we born with when that happens? So, like, yeah. Oh, and then adoption stories, girl. I could tell you, I have, I have a trigger warning, sexual assault, As adoption well. story. We'll have to come back and do something like that. Yes. Okay, so my next question for you is on the topic of reincarnation. Are you religious or spiritual? I take it you're not like a fundamental Christian because of the fact that we both hate Hobby Lobby. 
Um, but like, where do you fall on the religious or anti spectrum? It's incredibly, it's a very difficult question for me because, and I have the answer, but I was raised Southern Baptist and my dad realized that it was affecting me greatly. Yeah. Um, my mom was a Christian woman. If my mom would not have passed when she did, I don't believe the person that I am now would have, would be, would exist because I would not have been able to ever be comfortable with myself if we were still as active in the church as we were when I was growing up. And then when I'm 10 and my mom dies, dad pulls me out of church. There's a reason why I don't remember a lot of memories prior to that because it's trauma. My mom had cancer. She fought it my entire life, which mm -hmm. is another reason why my husband's cancer battle was so triggering. But um, I totally lost my train of thought. I hope you edit well. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you're you're but, talking about how you wouldn't have been the person that you are yeah, if you didn't be, get pulled out of church. So now where are you at in your like religious beliefs? So I I would still probably be a fundamentalist Christian, but I'm not because dad was like, this church is hurting you. And then I just started looking at every religion. And I have people that I'm close to that are Christian. My dad identified as Christian, but my dad also said that Sky Daddy's book was a guidebook, not a rule book, which is something that I, I like love. I love that. <laughs> um, my dad also didn't believe in hell. I don't believe in hell. My dad would tell me that he's like, any God that loves people would not condemn someone for eternity while you simultaneously preach that people can be forgiven. Yeah. So... So many things about it don't make sense. Yeah, I consider myself spiritual. I do not believe in the Bible as anything other than a book that a bunch of dudes wrote. Yeah. I believe that if God is real, <laughs> at some point he's going to teach me who she, he, or or they are. Mm -hmm. But so I consider myself spiritual. I consider myself having many, many, many beliefs. People constantly accuse me of, oh, Randall, you're so anti-Christian. I'm like, you don't know me. You do not know me at all. Thank you for your assumption. Um, I've done a lot of work with my trauma for church. We could have another podcast about church and trauma trigger warning. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, so it did not, the experience that I've had with religion, thankfully, didn't affect my ability to believe in something. Mm-hmm benevolent and good but the concept of modern day religion does not reflect who i am i consider myself spiritual i got my crystals i got my rosary <laughs> um a lot of my humor you can tell as like as people get to know me comes from being raised in the southern baptist church mm -hmm. yeah and i love to fucking swear and curse and do all that shit because i was told for so long that i wasn't allowed to so i will just be like god damn it jesus fuck shit all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah same i was also raised religious and where i'm at with it now is like um i think you can be a good person without having a fucking religious moral code you know like like i don't agree with the way that the fear of god motivates people to like tell the truth, not steal, you know, don't covet your, your friend's wife or neighbor's wife, whatever that bullshit is. Like, I don't think you need that to want to treat people well and be yeah, a good person. You should just want to do it. Yeah, exactly. 
So like why why do you care so much about Sky Daddy's approval? Also, followers of Sky Daddy that aren't masking. <laughs> you don't believe that a virus is real, but you believe Sky Daddy will save you? What? Yeah. So yeah. Um to round out this conversation, the last question on this list says Ask your partner's advice on a personal problem to see how they might handle it. I love advice. What is your... Okay, I'll ask you what I should do. Okay. So... (laughs) I am a huge proponent of equity, queer voices, making a positive impact for youth and kids. I do drag queen story time for kids. I was suicidal for most of my childhood, and I feel like if I had more visual representation of queer people as a kid, that they could be successful, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been so troubled growing up. So I do drag queen story time every year, trying to get involved with my daughter's school, and the um, my daughter's school district is a is a district up here they're amazing they have an lgbtq potluck we did it virtually this year so like that's represented yeah how can i be a better advocate for queer and questioning youth while also navigating all this fucking trauma (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question well i think it's a good start like working with your daughter's school i don't know have you thought about making like um Everybody's so, like, reachable on, like, TikTok and Instagram. Like, why don't you just make, like, a, um, what's it called? Like, an alter ego profile. Well, I have my drag persona that I do, but I guess my fear is going viral, being, or having some, like, because I, like, back to TikTok, I don't want to be famous. I'm literally on TikTok. I joined during a dark time in my life because it made me laugh, and I just want to make other people laugh. Mm-hmm. So if I become like this drag queen person, then my fear is is that people are going to see my vulnerabilities and they're going to be like, oh, he is a psychopath just like his birth mother. No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I understand like where you're coming from, that being your fear. But like, I don't I don't yeah. get that from you at all. And also, like, you don't have to give anyone else that story. You know what I mean? It's like, I know, but it's. It's funny because it's like a whole thing. I don't care what people think about me, but like Mm -hmm. I care what people think about me being a good advocate. And I don't want someone to say that I can't be a queer role model for kids when I'm a poor representation of that, if that makes sense. My like first idea as a content creator for you is like if you had a YouTube channel where you just like on a weekly basis, like record yourself reading a story and have it be in the format where like I as a parent... What's your alter ego drag name? Oh, her name is Miss Chickasha. Miss Chickasha. So what if, like, I am a parent and I'm like, do you want to watch a Miss Chickasha tonight? You know, I don't have time to read to you. I put on this YouTube video of you reading a story. See, I've never thought about that. And it so might be it might be really silly when you record it, you know, because you're literally like reading a book to the screen. But that's how, like, a TikTok feels until people watch it. And I think well, that- that's how I did drag shows last year is that I did them virtually. Yeah, do that. Make a YouTube channel. I think people are looking for good content for their kids. I think there's a lot out there, but there, like you said, there needs to be more representation for that. So. 
oh my god good advice girl this chickasha <laughs> might be coming to youtube near you she should um let's see what's a personal problem that i have now see this is where my hairdresser side kicks in because like <laughs> honey I you're can like a therapist out. you're a therapist when you do people's hair <laughs> The therapist is in. I love it. I can't take my own advice. I suck at my own advice. But girl, what you got? <sighs> so many things are going on right now. Um, so I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is I yesterday was the first day in 12 years that I haven't had birth control flowing through my body because I got on it when okay. I was 15 years old. And I like went, I've tried literally everything, right? Like the I pill, the neighboring, you know, all this stuff. Um, I was on the IUD for the last five years. It was causing me so much pain. Like, I feel like the last like 10 times I had sex, I had to stop because like either the string gets hit because it's like got this metal string that yeah, like I, hangs down. They call it the devil's tree for a reason. <laughs> so like, yeah, literally like Dick would hit it and I would immediately oh. get like a terrible stomach ache and, and like keel over and like have to stop. Or I was yeah. like randomly bleeding. And like a few months ago I had like two ruptured cysts. Um, oh apparently the specific kind of IUD I had is known for sometimes causing more cysts than normal. So I've just had like- we need- male birth control right i've had a lot of like downstairs issues yeah exactly and i was feeling very overwhelmed like yesterday and also today with just like the burden of being a woman and having to like birth control yourself because like biologically like if you don't that responsibility is going to fall on you and not the man why and, is it um, not on the man like you're the one putting the bullets in the gun you should be responsible for making sure they're blanks exactly and so they were even like doing um research on male birth control but found that it was causing too many mood swings and other negative side effects which women like literally deal with every day so anyways this is all to say <laughs> every, I... hold on. every fucking birth control commercial is like side effects include blood clots death wheezing runny nose runny ass runny eyeball. Like, <laughs> literally uh -uh. and and Shut women up, just say men when women just get on it you know when they're like young teens for whatever reason and it's like you know here i am 27 like taking a break it's literally been two days i feel super off balance i have a stomach ache like i didn't have a period for five years like that doesn't seem super natural um or good for me so anyways this is all to say um i'm like 100 certain that i do like no baby will grow here like they will come to die in this temple which is my Our body is barren <laughs> it will remain barren like if they come they will die here so gotcha. i'm and i'm then i'm 97 percent certain that i never want to raise anything mm -hmm. um there's a number of ways to do it whatever yeah but because of this me being so young, people are like, no, you're going to change your mind. You might regret it. You know, you might, you haven't found the right person yet. That's a really big one I hear all the time. And it's like, Ugh. I don't think falling in love is going to make me want to bust a basketball out of my fucking anus. Like I just don't, exactly. and, and rip like everything on the way out. I don't see that happening. I don't think love means that I will want to like take on this physically emotionally terrible endeavor um and it's like nine months of fucking progressively getting more horrible 
culminating in this terrible event, which tears everything down there. And then I have I to raise it thing. for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I've been thinking about getting my tubes cut, but I have like, you know, society in the back of my head saying, you might regret it. What if you change your mind? You know, it's, it's not like reversible. It's a very permanent decision. As someone who's older than me, Randall, what do you think about like that? So my birth mother tried to abort me with drugs because she did not feel that she could get an abortion Hmm. because of fear of society and judgment. Yeah. So I was born. She knew she shouldn't have been a parent. That happened. I think if you know in your heart that you do not want to birth a child, you know that. And no amount of meeting the right person or any future event. So what if you do meet somebody in the future and they're perfect and you do decide you want to have a family? We're both products of adoption. You can adopt. This whole pressure that we give women about childbirth and pregnancy is extremely oppressive and stupid. And if you know that you don't want to have kids, I think that there should be no problem with like, take, I mean, nobody questions a man when he gets a vasectomy. No one. Yeah. A lot of people are like, it's not the only thing you'll ever do, but it's one of the greatest. Like, how could you not, how could you not want to exercise your right? So many people want to and can't, why would you just like throw that away? You know? And it's like, yeah, it's very oppressive. Thank you for using that word because that has never really occurred to me, but that's exactly how and I feel. Whose fucking business is it? Back to people asking me how my husband and I had our family if we want to share. How we had our family? My best friend carried a baby for us. She volunteered. My best friend is a child-free person. I watched the whole thing happen. My best friend's vagina exploded and people just act like everything was okay. It's like totally normal. Like, no, that's fucking horrible and very traumatic. <laughs> And all my best friend said was, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Like there was, my husband was crying. I have my hands over my mouth like this. The nurse is like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm just overcome with emotion. Emily, I wasn't (laughs) fucking overcome with emotion. I was horrified. Yeah. I had just watched the alien film. My daughter was crowning. I'm like, oh my God, is she an alien? Why is her head so long? Two pushes later, my best friend screams, fuck, her vagina explodes. My baby lands on the table. I'm horrified. (laughs) Yeah, no, like this is, you're pushing me more towards my original point, which is like, I don't, I don't want to do that. No, and if you don't want to do it, baby, you shouldn't have to do it. And if you do decide that you want to have a family someday, my daddy adopted me when he was 52 years old. And that man raised this human kaleidoscope of fucking (laughs) that is talking to you today. So it is never too late. And I hate that we oppress people and women. And like in this way where it's like, are is that all you're good for is a womb? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. There are so other things you can contribute in this world in addition to or instead of a child. There's like, so many things I want to do that I just, yeah. It's like that Who's is... to say, Emily, already by having your podcast, like your TikTok, you brought me joy at one of the darkest moments in my life on my back porch when my husband is like, I'm not going to get emotional, but literally the day that I went and I was like, Boucher, it's like a day that my husband like was vomiting from chemo and like afraid that my husband might die. And that one little thing you did impacted me. 
that's valuable. What will I go on to unpack someone else? Why do we only, there's only certain things that we, we respect and see about people like, oh, a parent or, or this or this. What if your greatest contribution to life is just something super simple that took, you know, like, why, why do we oppress people in these ways? I love that. Yeah, because it's like literally something that was like nothing to you, what you're saying meant something to someone else. And I think like, that is true legacy, right? Like some might some might say it's posterity or whatever, like passing on your genes. I think true legacy, like what you're saying is just like, having an idea that made someone's life better, giving them like a laugh, giving them comfort. Like I, I get that every day on TikTok all the time. Like I get it from you. I love it. It's like, we're just helping all, each other out in small ways. And that's really, and you know, that's life. You know that's community. We, you know who left this legacy for you and I? Do you know what brought us together? Hobby Lobby. God damn it, Hobby Lobby. That's the legacy you're leaving. You brought, like, thank you for giving my queer ass a platform. Good job, <laughs> Hobby Lobby. <laughs> and pine cones. And plant-based graffiti literally i still have that little pine cone in my car it's so cute i'm gonna get a tattoo of a pine cone because that's like luna's favorite thing in the world so i want to make a t-shirt playing on the whole bussy thing but like <laughs> it would just say boucher but it would only make sense to you and i but with my cry cut that i fought for with karen with at hobby lobby i can make that t-shirt yeah no i think that we should because you know whoever listens to this is gonna like maybe want a boucher t-shirt and i'm actually what if you become i'm gonna drop that into the beginning of this episode just the audio for my tiktok so people know what we're talking about <laughs> oh so they can hear how i butchered like repeating it i'm 100 here for it but Boucher, my Boucher queen. I think that's one of the comments. Like, yeah. rent-free baby, you're in here. <laughs> well, you commented on it and you were like, Boucher. And then like, you came back to it months, months later, later and you were like, later. this lives in my head rent-free. And I was like, I am so goddamn touched. Like, who is this person? <laughs> A crazy kaleidoscope of shit from <laughs> the Pacific Northwest via Oklahoma. I love it. I love that that's how we met. So many random things came together, but it's almost like, it just begs the question, like, I think it was supposed to be, you know, like, I oh think my God. life is a series of, like, these, like, le- little, little weird things that happen and you think it's your choice, but I think, like, all along you were going to make that choice. They just gave you the illusion, like, life, the universe gave you the illusion it was within your well, control, um, but it was going to happen anyway. When will you become fully vaccinated, my Boucher queen? Because I, I feel like... I am. I'm vaccinated. Okay, waxed. so... Honey, we need a like definitely not on a Sunday, okay. but we need a Hobby Lobby trip because there is something in Hobby Lobby that I've wanted to make a TikTok about. Oh, okay, fuck yeah! But I have no one to hold my extra large phone. <laughs> okay, dude, Randall, we are going to rendezvous to Hobby Lobby on a non-Sunday sometime soon. Um, do you have anything that you would like to add before we wrap up this podcast for the people of advice or hope? I always like to give like a little, a sprinkle, a little bit of hope at the end of my episode. Oh, a little bit of hope. Yeah. Um, my husband beat stage four cancer during, uh, living through a panini. So it could happen if you're struggling with like a family's like painful hospital thing like reach out to community my friends and my family showed up for me in a way that I never could have anticipated it's okay to ask for help take care of your mental health um go and watch all of Emily's TikToks (laughs) because 
they're amazing. My TikToks, feel- my TikToks he's talking about PS are on A-L-T-O-B-E-M-I. That's my personal TikTok account. There is also the Bitterfly Podcast TikTok. But yeah, it's her not personal as funny. TikTok. I was like, who is this? Do I ha- did I have a child when I was eleven? <laughs> like, is that my baby sister? So yeah. Um you never know when you're gonna meet a good friend. So just if you're having a bad day, just download TikTok, bitch. That's mm-hmm. that's my advice. That's, that's my sprinkle. That's great advice. Oh, thank you so much, Randall Love, for being on. Tell everyone thank your TikTok you. again. Uh, R-A-W-D-E-L-L-L, pronounced Rodell. And I'll tell you guys at some point how I got that nickname. That's a story, too. <laughs> I can't wait to come back, girl. We're going to have so much content. It's going to be so fun. Okay, thanks for being on, Randall. And we'll be back okay. next week, you guys, with more Bitterfly.